Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. G, 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 take me away. Welcome to another episode of The Gary Hour. I'm your host, Gary Levitt. This week, I talk to comedian and character actress, Julie Katakis. She's uh, raising a little girl all by herself, and uh, we talk about what that entails and what she's learned from it, and how she's juggled stand-up comedy, a law degree, to become the very popular Madge the Vag character that you find online you'll see she has more than a half a million followers. This episode is brought to you by Future Moments, makers of mobile apps for content creation. If you're a musician, a podcaster, a filmmaker, or someone that just makes videos, go to the App Store and search for Future Moments because they have an app that'll make your life easier and make your work better. It will help the production of your video and your audio. So go to the App Store and search for Future Moments and see all the apps they have for you. Okay, thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for links to Julie's website and to her Madge the Badge character and her comedy album. And you could also leave a review. For some reason, that helps with the iTunes algorithm. So please do that. But most of all, enjoy. Your Madge the Badge character is taking off. I've been I've been watching your characters for years now, mm. and Madge the Badge I just saw has like more than a half a million subscribers. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you? How do you? All right. First of all, you're a single mother, mm-hmm. not for long, perhaps, which we'll talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, how does that work? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been raising a daughter. Uh-huh. You've been doing stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. You uh, have a comedy album out. Oh yeah, I do actually. And you've been doing all these characters, and now this one character is just taking off with more than a half a million viewers. Mm-hmm. What is? How do you do it all? <laughs> I don't. You know. Ugh. 
what if I, don't, I feel like I'm le- less busy than most people. I don't think you realize what you're doing when you're doing it or something. I don't know. Because it's just easy for you? Well, I really like doing character stuff. I would like to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I, like the Madge thing, it is with uh, with Scary Mommy, and they have a following. Scary Mommy is what, uh, a web? It's a parenting website mm-hmm. that started off as a mom's blog and then blew up. Right, because Madge the Badge is very uh, informational. Mm-hmm. You actually learn yeah. things. And you get entertained. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. So they came up with the idea for the series and they wanted a character. And they had a different character idea. And then I just kind of gave it the personality and the voice and the mannerisms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, I improv a lot, obviously. And and then I, I don't know, it's really fun because you just pop into it and then I just do... You know, do you snap into character and just lose sense I do. of time? Yeah, I do. I have so much fun being in character. Uh-huh. I definitely prefer that to being myself. So, <laughs> do you want to make this? Uh, do you want to turn into Madge the Badge and we'll just do this? <laughs> and we don't only have to talk about vaginas. So. <laughs> I'll learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was the idea, and so it's their best performing series, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And um, how did they find you? Did they see your other characters? I am recommended for anything mom related. And then I sent them uh, a video of just my different characters and videos. And I had a lot more uh, stuff about like the vaginal area than I realized. In your stand up? In my videos. Uh. I had like this one thing, a Calvin Klein commercial video I did like a spoof mm-hmm. with all this pubic hair coming out. Yes. <laughs> I did. What else? Oh, like the pee thing. I was I was really into pee for a while. They had like that female urination device. So they were looking for a mother that's uh, obsessed with the so vaginal I think, area. <laughs> I don't think they got. They knew that that would happen. <laughs> we're like, this one seems on point. And then I just came in and did some like made up some ideas and jokes and things. And they were like, all right, they call me the next day. I'm like, let's do this. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And then you know, I gotten to be you know like help write them and all that stuff so mm-hmm. is this is this a full-time gig uh i would call it a part-time gig and i'm paid i would say in a part-time fashion mm-hmm. um but it is really nice to have and i hope to see it grow more yeah i could see you're getting fans there's like yeah almost a thousand comments on every yeah, video people really enjoy the series but also like they seem to like this character a lot and they you know i'll see them like oh this reminds me of you it helps me learn a lot about what is successful as far as a character goes or Mm. just as a personality even like podcast or something like that you know people need to relate to to it in some way even though she's wacky and weird yeah like oh i'd want to have lunch with her i want to be your friend or she reminds me of you like i see a lot of those things i'm like Mm -hmm. oh that's so interesting have you thought of doing stand-up as madge the badge i have and i would totally do that what if madge the badge takes off more than julie she would she would and i'm okay with that (laughs) are you would you be kind of pissed because you've been doing a little (laughs) yeah but i'd be like like who is this madge the badge she hasn't paid her dues i know (laughs) she didn't have to do open mics yeah not right but yeah i would be okay with whatever i guess Mm-hmm. I want to do a different character, but they I don't think they want me to do more series. They don't want a spin-off? No. I because they have a, a boob uh series now and I was like, oh let me do it. Please let me do it. I want to do it as like a nineteen seven or nineteen eighties, I think. I was thinking roller skater <laughs> and right. with boobs flapping around and they're like, 
no more of you. <laughs> Do they think it'll take the take away from Madge the Badge? People be like, that's not be, boob the tube or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think they were just like, we can't have you do, ever, you know, to, it just wouldn't. That's just not, we want different people Do and people diversity. really believe that you're Madge the Badge? Like, so I assume not. And I would, I would think the majority of people know that it's a character. But I have seen some people not understand that. I would mm-hmm. definitely, I could definitely see that. Yeah, and they really think like, uh, you know, I am this person who just literally gets up in the morning and goes and interviews people and does that. Like, I don't think they understand that it's, you know, pl- pre-planned and we write things out and <laughs> it's right. got like a camera, pe- you know, like it's a It's an actual team. sketch. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. But that's, I think that's a good sign. You're not actually just watching it. You're actually watching it through a camera that's there with a lighting yeah. crew, like it's a production. Yeah. Uh, it's like a you know but anyway so it's it's all a very interesting but anyway yeah so. mm-hmm. how and you're you've been raising your daughter and mm-hmm. how old is she now she just turned eight in june so that's eight successful years as a mommy yeah well mostly <laughs> successful years. we made it yeah 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 it's crazy mm-hmm. it's interesting what Good. is the hardest year well i think that's hard to say because on I think every stage and year has its set of challenges and then its set of, you know, like great things. But the hardest part is the first two years, just because you've lost all of your independence and everything is just baby. Even, up, you know, I would say a full two years, you're really like baby zone. Was that the biggest time of sacrifice you've had to make? Yeah. I mean, I, I moved back to Pennsylvania. So it was because I was in law school and no one would, it was not only did the everything crash at that time, all the banks, if you remember, mm-hmm. she was born in 2010 and I was in law school. So I was also pregnant. So getting a job was almost <laughs> impossible. Right. So I, I moved away from New York for like a year and then came back and then got a job as a lawyer and then tried to get back into comedy. Like it was just... Okay, I, let's let's get yeah. into this. Let's get this sequence Yeah, down. I'll tell you exactly this. this you sequence. remember all this? I do. <laughs> you remember your life. <laughs> I remember, I remember. So I can't forget. you moved to New York to pursue stand-up? No, I moved to New York a long time ago. Um... After I was in the Peace Corps. Peace Corps? Yes. I was in the Peace Corps in Cameroon outside of, right after college. And then I wanted to live in New York City. So I found a job here. Wait, why did you join the Peace Corps? I always wanted to work internationally. And, mm-hmm. and I had some skill sets as far as language goes. And I wanted to foster those. And I had originally wanted to work internationally. Like my goal is to be like some kind of international... I don't know, worker in the nonprofit sector or something like that. Was this, this was after high school, I imagine? Yeah. Did you go to college? Yeah, I did. Obviously, you went to law school. And I traveled a lot in college. Okay. So I was like, oh, I want to work internationally. I love learning languages. I'm good at that. And what did you study in college? Uh, political science. Oh, no, in college, political science, yeah. Okay. So, and you didn't want to be a politician? No, no. I forget why did I change it to political science? I don't know. Anyway, so I, I was journalism and political science. There was, I had a minor in journalism. And then I decided to do the Peace Corps. And then from there, I was I came back. And the first job, it was a tough time for job. Every time I'm looking for a job, there's like a dip. Yeah. <laughs> Jobs <laughs> availability, mm-hmm. whatever that means. So I worked at a nonprofit. Anyway, and then I was a teacher for a little while. And then um, I got into stand-up. But I didn't get into stand-up until law school. So many years So you're later. living in New York. 
You were living yeah. in New York for a few years just, after the Peace Corps. Yeah. And were you just kind of figuring out what you wanted to do with your life? Yeah, I was like, well, I think, uh, yeah, I think I wasn't sure. I couldn't find something I really enjoyed. And in that time, I remember I took like an improv class once just for fun. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, and that in that time, I remember I took, I was thinking of taking a stand-up comedy class. Right. And then I went to drop in in the class and I had a bad experience because they, the teacher just sent me up. I had no prepared material. So I just started, it was just not. Wait, you took a stand-up comedy class and they just had you go up with nothing prepared? I wasn't even sure I was going to take the class. He was like, come by and yeah. you can observe. And I was like, oh, cool. So I came by and he just sends me up. And he, and I was like, uh, and I, I just remember I stole a joke because I was trying to think of anything. Right. And then um, I said some things, and they there's a little hee hee ha. And I remember a couple of guys were like, "Oh, hey, you're a stripper, take your clothes off." And this is in a class. In the class, oh you no, know, it was so weird. And well, I, the class is there to learn what you're going to deal with in the real world. Right? I guess so. <laughs> and then I was like, "I don't like the stand up thing. This, I, I don't know, it made me uncomfortable." <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not funny. So then I never touched it again until law school. So you went to law school. What kind of law? What kind I, of lawyer did you want to be? I wanted to be an international lawyer, but mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to do it's not very easy to get into international sector. So, and it wasn't really an international law school. In any case... Um, you set your sights so high and ended up so low, Julie. Yeah, I know. I mean, it did not work out at all. So, <laughs> did you finish law school? I did. You I did. got pregnant in my third year. I'd already decided in the second year. I was like, I really don't want to be a lawyer. And mm -hmm. then <laughs> I remember between my second and third year, I decided to take a stand-up comedy class on the Upper East Side at the comic strip. A, a real one, not just a... Yes, mm -hmm. a real one. I actually paid for it and took it. It was at D.F. Sweedler was the teacher. Uh-huh. He's quite a staple uh -huh. up there. And um, I really enjoyed the class. And then I had to do the graduation show at the end. And we had to invite people and I refused. I was too embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know I was doing it. Right. And then I did my set and it went well consider i mean well relatively speaking surely i'm sure it wasn't great <laughs> mm -hmm. and then i did a couple more shows and then after my third show i got pregnant and i kept doing it and i was doing stand-up pregnant for a little while were you how did you know you loved it oh well like I what, what made you keep doing it you know it's funny because i remember i had no intentions of doing stand-up what i wanted was to just learn how to write funny things Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a writer, like a funny writer. But when I went up for my first show and I heard, you know, they're laughing. And I was like, huh, that feels cool. I mean, that's what they say, right? You, you get one laugh, you start chasing that laughter, that the, high. Yeah, the buzz. So that's why a lot of people who aren't good at it <laughs> stay in it because you're like, well, I got laughs that one time. And you right. just keep chasing that. Yeah, a lot of people do well the first time and then bomb yeah. after that for some reason. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, as long as you get one, you just remember that feeling. So... You know, I, in my mind and memory, they laughed at everything, and I'm sure that they didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they laughed at, like, three things that I said, but I felt great about it. And then, um, and I liked the community of it. Like, I had a new set of friends, mm -hmm. and um, it was just something new and challenging and fun that I was like, oh, I really like doing this. And so, I kept doing these shows at the comic strip. And um, I would get asked to do shows from the people that I was meeting. And I was like, oh, it's so fun. And when I got pregnant, it was a great way to deal with the things that were going on. Right. Talk them out on stage. Yeah. Make jokes. And you don't realize, I remember, uh, well, in any case, I was talking about my pregnancy, but I wasn't speaking honestly about it. And I was like, I can actually say things without 
telling people exactly what's going on. So it's kind of getting it off my chest, even though, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not getting down to the truth here. And it made me an interesting person, I think. I felt interesting because people are like, oh, my gosh, you're pregnant and doing stand-up? And I right. was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. I won't have this forever. I might as well enjoy it. You That's know? one way to stand out. Yeah. At first, I was hiding it. And I was like, I'm just going to make... And I, I, it was really fun having this kind of thing to, to joke about and, right. you know, people wondering what's going on, but everybody's afraid to ask me and just yeah. kind of laughing with me. So... It felt supportive in that way. Was your daughter on a maculate conception? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> no, not exactly. I think, what did I say? Um, I was making jokes like, I don't even know who the dad is, which of course I know, but I was you do. really putting it out there as if I didn't know. Are who you in touch was. with him? Not at all. No. So your daughter's not in touch? No, no. Um, that was a very difficult situation, and uh, I wasn't really, um, ugh, how to say it, like, the, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, that must be tricky, because at some point she's going to realize that a lot of other peers of hers have mommies and daddies. Yeah, she did very early on in daycare. She was asking me about it. Yeah. So, And, you know, as I get older, you can say more and more, and now she knows... With the exception of exactly how it happened, she knows there was a dad mm-hmm. who's not in our lives, and you know that's uh, you know part of who she is. Mm-hmm. But you know that's not going to be who's in her life, and that's kind of she seems to have accepted it at this stage and understand it. Did you have an answer prepared? You must have known she was going to ask at I, some point. Yeah, like every, I would kind of prepare stuff, but you just cannot be totally prepared and you can't know every question they're going to ask. Mm-hmm. So it is hard. Is that what the improv class kind of paid off a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I did zip zap sop to her and I was like, and that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> zip zap, no daddies. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, okay, zip zap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard and certain parts of it, you know, because it didn't happen in the most comfortable way, the pregnancy, that's not something I'll share with her until much, much adult time later. Oh, and not in a comfortable way. It a, sounds like a huge euphemism for... <laughs> Uh, non-consensual so to a certain extent yeah it was one of those weird things where weird things happen and uh it was very weird (laughs) does this guy know that yeah he does yes so again i was in law school and i knew enough that i didn't want to be in a situation where i didn't tell him and then he later find out and that's held against me and I also, because in court, that... that wouldn't be okay. What wouldn't be okay? That I had his child mm-hmm. and never informed him of this. So was... that wouldn't look good on me. Was it non-consensual? Um, the situation was that we were friends and we had had some two experiences in the past where... We were intimate, but he didn't want to use condoms, so mm-hmm. I did not become intimate with him. Mm-hmm. And we stopped talking. You know, I told him I wasn't interested and all this stuff, and then he kind of just left me alone. And then he came to one of my very first comedy shows, the third one, which was funny. It was a bringer show, and so oh, he brought he, it, and he brought, he brought. So he came, and um, 
I was so happy that I had people coming that I didn't care who it was. (laughs) (laughs) That's comedy for you. Yes. And um, so, and then afterwards, we all went out to eat and... You know, he was talking about he'd fallen in love with his, like he reunited with the love of his life. And I was like, oh, cool. He's not interested in me, in me anymore. And I felt badly for having rejected him. And I was just like, hey, do you want to talk about it? And we had like, I only remember, you know, the way that I remember this was a couple glasses of wine and like a beer. And somehow I just blacked out and I didn't remember anything. Oh, wow. And so the next day I realized what happened. I was like, oh, God. I'm sure that, you know, he didn't use a condom. You woke up the next day and he wasn't there? He was there and I knew what happened. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, you know, when you're both naked and naked in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, how that happened. And it was a weird, it, it was all weird because I didn't drink much and I'm not a blackout person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I ate a bunch of food too. So it was just all weird. And do I, you think he possibly refeed? You know, when I've talked about this, people always do throw that out there and it's always possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember he went out and he got beer and then I just had like a couple sips of beer and I went to the bathroom and I came back. And then after I had a little bit more beer, I remember blacking out. So yes, it is always a possibility that someone would do something that grotesque, but it's very hard for me to say it has to be what happened. I don't know. And I know this exact feeling because it happened to me one night. Um, my old band was on tour. Uh-huh. And we all, all, all three of us, our last memory was watching like some weird sci-fi movie that the guy that was putting us up. Uh-huh. And then we all woke up the next morning in separate sleeping bags. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what happened last night? I don't remember getting into bed. I don't remember anything. We all had the exact same last memory. Yeah, I mean, some people do weird things, Mm -hmm. right? It's so possible, but you don't know. And you're like, well, maybe it's somewhere. Now, you had a group experience, so at least you can sort of confirm the weirdness of it. But, you know, like if I said it to someone, they'd be like, well, you you drink, things happen. Alcohol affects everybody differently. And I was like, that's true. I don't know. And I remember obsessing over it and looking online and being like, well, how do these things affect you? And, you know, by that, it certainly could have been. And but it also certainly may not have been. I have no idea. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, so in my mind, I was just like, uh, I just knew it felt weird. And then um, I and then I shortly thereafter found out I was pregnant and I knew it was him because I wasn't having sex with anybody else at the time. That morning, did you ask him say, tell, or, and or no. tell him? That no, you don't I just should. I kind of hurriedly got him out of there. Mm hmm. And well, because you're probably freaked out that you don't remember the night. Yeah, and it just nothing really sinks in necessarily right when things happen. Well, at least in that moment, I just remember thinking, "Oh my god, I can't even have two glasses of wine anymore." Mm-hmm. Like, is that what this has come to? And I didn't for one second think, "Oh god, what if what if I'm pregnant?" In my head, I just thought, "Oh god, I'm probably not going to be pregnant, but one time, what's the likelihood?" But certainly, he has a million STDs. He ne- clearly does not like condoms, right. so I was very worried about STDs. Big red flag there. Yeah. Yeah, and this I don't was like to <laughs> no. He, I, it, it was literally something he just did not do, mm-hmm. which was clear in the two times that we'd hung out before. And I was like, oh, "Sky is a very weird aversion to it. Maybe he couldn't use them. It didn't work for who knows." He's he's allergic to latex. Some people <laughs> certainly say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember like I think the next Friday I went on a date, 
And I was like, I'm not having anything to drink just in case like I cannot handle liquor anymore or something. Mm -hmm. So it certainly wasn't my normal pattern to just black out. It certainly wasn't. And um, I remember that guy, he like wanted to kiss me and I was like, oh, I'm not really. And then he was like, maybe if you drink, you'd loosen up a little bit. And I remember just feeling like, oh, okay, no more, no more dating. (laughs) After that, I was like, that's it. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was devastated and because um, I didn't even really like the guy. You know, at that point, I at most thought of him as a friend, but mm-hmm. certainly no one I would want to be with. So, uh, it, and I just, I don't know. I, I remember I called my brother. He made me feel much better. And then um, the next day I went to an actual clinic. I don't know. And I started to feel good about it, oddly. Like, okay, I could have a baby. So I was like, all right, this is feeling good personally, but I still have to deal with this guy. And so I did tell him. Of course, he didn't want me to have it. And I was like, well, you don't have to do anything, but I feel obligated to tell you. Right. And, um, you know, so what I mean, mean to say is I knew I felt weird about it, but I didn't, I just didn't let myself get into the mindset of it. And mm-hmm. then when he was involved, that's when it, it started to get uncomfortable, more uncomfortable for me in the way that he was treating me. Um, and you know, I, I hated if he even tried to touch me. It just all made me really uncomfortable. So was, one, was he trying to like touch you and comfort you and like be your boyfriend? He like just went, yes, he definitely wanted to. He was like, you can't have sex with other people. We have to live together. Um, that, he was saying all this. Yeah. And he's like, now we really don't have to use condoms, you know, just Whoa. weird stuff that was just completely inappropriate. And, no awareness at all and i let him come to the doctor with me in the beginning and he in the beginning when you go they take like vials and vials of blood to check you for everything when you're pregnant and he was like you know jewel and i don't think he went to that one that's right and he was like why don't you have me come to that and i was like well there was no reason for you to come they just took my blood and he's like they should be taking my blood too this is my baby i was like no they shouldn't be taking your blood there's nothing to do with you. You're, You're not the one enough. with a baby in yeah. you. Yeah. Even if you were my husband, they wouldn't take your blood. What are you talking about? So he came to the next one and came in the room and I had to change into, you know, this whatever dress thing. Mm-hmm. And I made him leave so I could change. He's like, just so you know, next time I'm staying. And if you have to get naked in front of me, you're getting naked in front of me. I and so not like this. Guy. Yeah. So he was just very possessive and con- controlling. So which actually I didn't know he was like that. So then one day, I, I think I was just, I don't know. I just asked him. I was like, what happened that night? I don't know. Because he, he didn't understand. You asked him that in the doctor's office? No, not at the doctor's office. We were, uh, I don't know, near my apartment. I don't know. We were taking a walk or something. Because uh-huh. he was trying to understand why I didn't want him to be around me. And I was like, I don't know what happened that night. I have no recollection. Right. And it makes me uncomfortable not knowing. And he's like, oh, well, I remember everything. I was fine. And then he just said, like, I had two condoms and I just didn't use them. And I was like, you know, why would you have done that to me? You knew how I felt about that. I don't understand. You knew I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, he was just like, oh, I don't know. I <laughs> just didn't care. And um, so I, we parted ways that night and I went home and it just all kind of sunk in. And it all felt horrible. And um, the next, I think I was this very close to just not having the the baby at that mm-hmm. point because yeah. everyone was like don't do it why are you doing it even at the hospital they're like are you sure you want to do this you don't have to do this wow i was like yeah i'm gonna do it i'm fine and you know they it every even strangers were literally like why would you have it are you religious <laughs> right <laughs> um because a lot of people knew him and knew what was what was going on so right. everyone in our neighborhood was just like 
Well, he he didn't live near everybody. Worked nearby. Anyway, so um, and it sounds like a, the, kind of the worst possible time. Yeah, it was you're, all bad. You're about finished with yeah, law school. Every, yeah, it was a really bad time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I didn't have a real job. You know, so you just started stand up. <laughs> that was the. I was like, oh, I just started. Come on. Um, but actually, I think it ended up making me more interesting as a stand up. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had to take break. Uh, you know, take a break afterwards. But um, after I had her for like two years, and then I went back to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, a friend of mine was like, you know, just take control of it. If you want to have it, you have it. But you set the rules. And I was like, that's true. Had that's- you thought before that you wanted to have a baby? No, I, it's funny. Right before that, I remember thinking, you know what? I really don't want to have a baby. Because my friends were starting to have babies at this time. Right. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to do that. I definitely want to wait till like, I don't know, in a decade. And then if I can't have one, I'll just adopt or something. Like, how nice is that? That was what I decided. Right. And then it <laughs> ended up happening. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so anyway, and I remember I messaged him. I was like, don't contact me anymore unless it has to do with the baby. I'll let you know when she's born. But that's that. And did he listen to that? He actually did not respond to that. And um, I think once later, maybe he, I forget. It's hard. This part's unclear. I remember either he emailed me or he texted me when he saw me walking down the street and some, something inappropriate. It wasn't like normal and something like, Ooh, you look really good. Wow. You know, just, I was like, Ugh. anyway, and then <laughs> this guy just sounds just so unaware. clueless, so clueless and unaware. And so I sent him this long email to track everything to make sure it was like stated. So he couldn't come back at me like, Oh, you're lying and hiding that, you know, no, no, you're studying laws. Were you yeah. ever uh, concerned legally that he can take yeah. some sort of action? Yeah. So that's why I was being as careful as possible. I right. knew I spoke to a lawyer. He has no right to come to my doctor's appointments. There was no reason for us to communicate. So that's why I was like, I need to not have him, you know, bother me right now. Right. When the baby comes, it's a different story. Mm. And I went to a family law attorney and he was like, oh, this guy will never bother you. I was like, oh, no, no. He says he, he's definitely. And he's like, no, he won't. Trust me. And he didn't. The um, family lawyer knew that. Yeah. He had seen it so many times. Really? <laughs> yeah. So he didn't know that the family lawyer didn't know the guy. No. I just told him a very brief story of what you know this person and he's seen this pattern several times yeah before. yeah because i told because what the her the father was saying was like i don't want to pay you child support i don't want it to go to you it should only go to the kid and i was like well you know it's for rent and food but you know it's not like i'm and i was like i you know whatever and he was like i don't even report my true income so good luck with getting much from me i was like oh well thanks for telling me that <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I think I told the lawyer those things. He's like, oh, trust me, he's not going to bug you. And he didn't. Um, I let him know, and he just responded with a quick word of congratulation, and then that was it. Congratulations. Sean. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even spell check. No. You, you've told him that you just gave birth to yeah, a baby girl. Yeah, I told him the name and all that, and I'm sure he wasn't happy because he was did not like that she wouldn't have his last name. And I was like, who cares? We're not married, so, you know, what's He's the like, matter? He's like, oh, it's not twins, so I guess I write congratulations. Sean. <laughs> I was like, ugh, oh my God, I'm never going to forget that. And then he, I think he contacted me about a year and one month later. Yeah, because he wished her a happy birthday. Wrong name, though. He got the name wrong. He had the name wrong. <laughs> Did he have the birthday right? No, it was one month off. Right. It was a month late. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then he was asking dumb questions because I was like, all right, I feel better about everything. You know, I went to a therapist when I was pregnant. I was like, please get me over this. I have all this hate in my heart. <laughs> this person's supposed to be in my life. And she was like, whoa, why are you even letting him in your life? And then uh, she's, you know, we talked about it. She's like, the best case scenario is this guy took advantage of you. The worst case scenario is that he actually drugged you and raped you, mm-hmm. you know, right. with you know, this, with that, like with purpose. <laughs> and um, she's like, this guy is not worth your time. And, you know, whatever, you're giving him too much benefit of the doubt here. Anyway, so after a year, I, you know, I was just like, I think I got over all of the hatred and stuff that I had inside me and so when he messaged i was like well you know would you be interested in meeting her and he was like yeah does she know what i look like and did she you know all these kind of dumb questions or i was like she's no you know does she have my last name i was like no you know and he's like well maybe i could hang out with her on occasion i was like oh so i was like do me a favor go file for paternity and then when i see you're serious we'll do it and he was like i'm not that's too much work it's a hassle so you decided at some point to let him in i was going to Mm -hmm. and i was like just to let me know that you're serious, mm-hmm. that you're not just going to hang out with her, as you call it, on your time when you feel like it for a couple hours here or there. Right. <laughs> that you're committed to so being like, a father. Right. Be a father or nothing. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I need to see some commitment here. That's why I didn't put him on the birth certificate, mm. which he would have had to sign anyway, which, you know. Um, but I wanted him to actually show some level of commitment. Right. Which filing for paternity is not that hard mm-hmm. um but he was like i don't feel like it can you do that and i was like no um you know let me know when you do it and then i'll we'll set up a meeting this way at least i know that you're you will be committed to being a father and you're not right. just gonna skip because even out. at that age and inexperience for you you yeah. knew that it wouldn't be fair to your daughter to have this I didn't want that. I didn't want i just felt like that's got to be the worst thing in the world i mean i had i, I my parents were always divorced, and although my dad could be lo- very flippy floppy, he was consistently there every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know, that meant something. Like it, it's more than it's better than nothing. That's, right. Or just like showing up here and there. And I know for some people might say, well, a father is better than nothing at all. But also forcing someone to be there that just skips out on you. I know too many people who have that situation. And yeah. And like not and not being able to rely on the person. Yeah, and I I mean I in truth, in my view, this was a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, that is selfish and highly immature, and who knows what he would communicate to her or do or be like. And so I needed some kind of you know guarantee that he was mature enough to just file some paperwork. But he knew that if you filed that paternity paperwork, he'd have to pay. Yeah, and that's that was a thing. I was like, I this is not something I could handle out of court. Like I would want to just set up so we would communicate as little as possible. Right. And he didn't want to deal with that at all. He did didn't want to pay for it. Did anything. you want and or need his financial assistance? Oh, I could have really used it, yeah. but I was okay without it and I'm I that was what I want. I didn't care about his money, but you know, if I'd gotten, oh gosh, at the time, I think it would have been an extra six or $800 a month mm-hmm. plus help with all half of the daycare. <laughs> it would have been really helpful. Yeah, I bet. But I, you know, I figured it out. And, you know, when I really, if I really needed help, I had my parents like, you know, worse mm-hmm. comes worse. But I was actually okay. I, I was focused and I, 
prioritized and I got it done. And it sounds like the stress of dealing with this guy would have been... I think much worse than some cost. financial yes. stress, you know, and... You would have had to pay for another therapist and then one for your daughter. would be in therapy. <laughs> exactly. And I... Honestly, I thought he might be here, but he'll never pay a dime the way he was not happy about that or just harass me about it. Or, you know, I was like, I just don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> and he could see still has my phone number and can find me. So there he is. Does like, she ask about him regularly? No. She talks about it very matter of factly and is, you know, just, I, I mean, what can she, how did, you know, it's, it's. I'm sure she would love to have her real father, mm -hmm. but she's also got so much support from me and her family, mm -hmm. you know, my brother and her grandparents that I think she feels quite secure. Now, you probably know a bit about this coming from divorced parents, mm -hmm. but how do you juggle that? Because... You don't want to tell your daughter that she comes from the spawn of an ass. I know, so I don't say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, you don't want to tell someone he's a monster. <laughs> or... Right. Your dad's a monster, but... So I've never said anything negative about him. Mm -hmm. I've also never said anything positive about him. Mm -hmm. I've only been very matter-of-fact about who he is. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you word that? You know, he, we, what I've said is, we didn't, he and I did not work out. Uh -huh. And right. because of that, we thought it was best that, you know, that we don't stay together. And he decided, you know, to, to you know, leave us alone or something like that. Actually, well, that makes him look great. <laughs> That's kind of nice. <laughs> um, do you think she feels any rejection? I that? hope not. That's why I'm trying to not paint it that way. Mm -hmm. um, That's a tricky situation because yeah. either she feels rejection or she feels protected from by you because he's an asshole. Well, you know, as we go right now, I don't think she feels that mm -hmm. because she doesn't quite understand. Like she doesn't quite understand the whole process or what's going on. And I've explained like we know divorced parents. She's eight years old. now. Yeah. Yeah. So I've said to her, you know how, you know, Claire and her, you know, they're divorced. Well, you know, so they see each other differently. You know, like I tried to explain those types of things and um, how, you know, family structures change as a result of those things. And she seems okay. And I'm sure it will become more and more of a thing and she'll question things more. But, um, uh, you know, what I'll want her to know is that it's what I've always tried to explain is like you don't need something labeled dad what you need is just strong family a lot of love and a lot of love yeah. and you have all these great men in your life and now i i am engaged and we all live together and what i've and she's what she did do is start calling him daddy very quickly mm. which he was into i wasn't mm -hmm. i was like let's slow down and i would talk to her about it a lot like i know you're excited to have that i get it but you know the great thing about your position is you get to choose who your daddy is and this is our choice together like let's see first let, make him earn it you know this is a good lesson yeah and but she was like well you know i see all that but i i do want to call him that and i was like and i was and i asked her not to and she's like nope i'm gonna do it and i was like okay but you do understand maybe it's early what if i choose not to and she's like all i need is you but i like calling him dad right and I was so like, this is like on the third date and, uh, <laughs> at least I, I knew better than to do it that soon oh gosh yeah, it was like shortly after we all lived together. Right. So she was 
That, was that the first guy you've lived with? Oh, yeah. That's the first guy she's ever met. Anyone oh, else I've dated right. didn't get far enough. Mm-hmm. And this one had gotten far enough, and, I, and he met her, and I was like, oh. But I didn't introduce... I just thought, oh, it's a friend, you know. And then it kind of got better and better, and I was like, all right. And mm-hmm. so... How long have you been living together? A year. That's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. A little, you get to know, really get to know someone living with them. You do. It's hard though. I mean, it's good. Yeah. But it is hard when you haven't been in real relationships forever. I have not. I am not a relationship person. Right. Is this this your longest? Yeah. Oh God, yes. Most serious. (laughs) Uh I have been super single for a very long time, Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I always think that it is, I mean, obviously it's hard to live with someone, but I do think yeah. it's pretty, it's probably good to make sure that we don't get too stuck in our ways because mm-hmm. we could all, we're all kind of prone to become kind of OCD. Like, no, 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 I need this thing here. I need this thing. No, you can't have that thing there. And then like you get kind of uptight and you become That's a true. crazy old person. I, you know, I honestly think if not for my kid, I wouldn't have lasted. Mm. But for one. What do you mean you wouldn't have lasted? Because I am very, as I said, I am not a relationship person. So at any sign of discord or uncomfortability, right. I have always run for the hills. Now that is probably, they say that this is from coming from a divorced family. Yeah, I know, right? When you come from divorced families, your odds of you not being in a relationship or getting mm-hmm. divorced yourself go way up. Way up. Yeah. And so that's been my nature. My brother, who's six years older than me, he has always been a relationship guy, which is kind of weird. And I went the opposite way. Mm-hmm. I wonder just maybe personality wise or who knows, maybe men have a bit of a different reaction sometimes. Did I don't you say know. He's six years older. He's six years older. So okay. he was in a family construct for longer, but not that much longer than me. So I don't know. Well, it must have been at least six years longer, right? Well, yeah, it was six years longer, <laughs> but he was still young. It wasn't like they divorced like not long after I was born. Right. So it's not like how old grew. were you when they divorced? I, they started separating at my birth. <laughs> it was their farewell. Yeah, I was like, conception. Oh, this is it for me. Uh-huh. I was the last straw. <laughs> so not too long after me did, did it. They stop being together, as far as I know. I would say at most I was two. So yeah, I mean, I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, I just play one on a podcast. No, yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe six years is long enough as far mm-hmm. as the formative years to get that family, that nuclear family security, yeah. where mm-hmm. he could see your mom and dad together, maybe peacefully enough. You know, and it's true. So I grew up seeing my mom always alone, right? And she didn't really, she rarely dated in the beginning, and then it stopped. And I was like, oh, well, she seems, this seems very simple and easy. Like, I f- never felt the need. I she never, doesn't have to answer to anybody. No, I think I like that. And I also uh, uh, was kind of like, well, I definitely never wanted to get married. I always thought it was stupid. That's from being from a divorced family, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, Well, because you don't see the benefits of it. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time at home with my mom, whereas my brother was out and about all the time. So... I think I just really did take that in as like, oh, this is what one should do. Mm-hmm. So that probably has to do with it. And I hated the fight. I, I don't like the fighting stuff. So do you think that might have dictated the men that you were attracted to? Like maybe you're yeah. attracted to men that, you know, subconsciously aren't going to work out. Oh, I know for, for sure. I, every guy, it took me a while to come to that realization, which seems so obvious, but everyone I dated was emotionally detached. Mm. And I am, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. 
So I was attracted to people that were like me and neither of us, even if we really both liked each other, <laughs> right. like, eh. could never get there or say it or make the, be vulnerable enough for anything to progress. Right. So it would always end up saying casual and I would internalize it as constant rejection where, and they were internalizing my behavior as rejection. You know, it would always just... There was just no hope, really. <laughs> right. So what is this process that you went through to make yourself more vulnerable and less For this, detached? right? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. This, So this person, my fiancé, um, he is... <laughs> See, that's the why it's fiance. good to just get married. Because fiancé it. is just... It's an, <laughs> yeah, awkward, it's an awkward phase. So French and arrogant. <laughs> it is. Um, it's so awful. But he... He has, he's a relationship person and we met and he, um, was always very vulnerable with me and open to saying, Oh, I really like you. I'd like to see you again. I'd like to do this with you. And if ever I withdrew a little bit, Mm -hmm. he was just cool with it. He was like, okay, well let me know when it's good for you. Mm. And, And that made all the difference. And it went slowly in the first year, really. Um, but he must have pulled you a little bit. He pulled me in where he, he would contact me and, you know, he would throw stuff out there, but he would never push it mm-hmm. in a way that would make me walk away or, you know, withdraw. And then I would be like, yeah, you know what? I like hanging out with this guy. And he always, we were, we always had fun together and it was always just like, he's a good compliment to me. Mm-hmm. I'm antisocial. He's social. So, and he always, he introduced me to a lot of fun stuff and he was just very nice and good and kind. And you know, mm-hmm. you're like, what is this yeah. strange? Yeah. He didn't not text. He always text back, but not over text or, you know, there was, it was always either one or the other thing, mm-hmm. you know, the extreme of not being there to being overbearing. And he just was kind of letting me sort of lead it, but not, but be, you know, make himself available you never felt like he was playing games or no never no did you feel that with past date oh all the time yeah Mm -hmm. i was either like well why would you (laughs) they would be like hey wanna blah 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 and then just not respond you know those really weird things that people do but when he would when he would come forward and make himself vulnerable and you would kind of emotionally detach Mm -hmm. he now there must be a time where he i mean he has to let you Mm -hmm. do your thing but he also has to at some point be like I feel like you're pulling back right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he he's communicates. Mm-hmm. And so the, he would let me know how he's feeling. And I was able to respond to that. And then... Um, Did you feel like new new sparks in your brain? Yeah. New places? They, I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's new. No one's ever talked to me about it. <laughs> and, right. And then when I was unhappy with stuff, it would take me a while to maybe express it but when i did his reactions were always good so it shows a lot of security and a well-balanced ego on his part yeah so like if i had an issue you know i'd be another thing is like growing up with my mom who's an alcoholic you have that fear of confrontation like everything Mm. for me has always been avoiding it right i would rather just never talk to someone again than say hey i don't like what you're doing right now that's kind of how i've always been so again like any discord i'm like well i'm out of here so you know he would make me say whatever is upsetting me and then he instead of responding in the way that i thought he would which would be this big argument or 
you know, negatively or like, you're you're like, what do they call that? The gaslighting thing or you're crazy or you're he would respond really well and he'd be like oh i see okay so when i do that you know and we would talk about it and it would always go well and i was like huh rather than taking <laughs> different sides and throwing arrows yeah, you, you're on the same side discussing yeah it. we're both like oh yeah i did that's true that wasn't right and then i would always be like you know right i was being selfish when i was doing that you know we right. would always come to this kind of good place afterwards and i was like huh <laughs> yeah I, you know psychology communication 101 is to always just say how you feel yes so you're not like you do this and you're that and you're that you're like well i feel this way when this happens yeah. and i feel that way it's true and i you know i realized that i have a lot more skills in that world than i thought mm-hmm. um and i again having a kid she has taught me a lot in the ways of love if that makes sense well, can, can you describe that sure like i learned I think she's kind of taught me what it means to love someone. Hmm. So I know it's not a romantic love. and Because kids don't have all those constructs. No. They just love you. They just love you. And when they're mad, they're mad at you. And, you know, when they say, they say what they say. And, you know, as a mother who's in love with her daughter, you know, when I get mad at her, I'm explaining, you know, I, it's not like I would be like, well, that's it. I'm just going to leave because I don't, right. you know, I'm mad at you. <laughs> So I was forced to, you know, deal with everything, which came naturally. It's not like I had to struggle with that. But, you know, I would I explain, like, just because I'm mad at you right now doesn't mean I don't love you. And so I'm hearing myself say all these kinds of things and right. realize, like, oh, this was what good, healthy love is, you know? You, you learn to love each other and, and explain and apologize. I've apologized to her when I, maybe I overreacted or I didn't stick up for her for at some situation. And we talk about it. And then she said to me, like, you know, when you yell at me, you know, it's okay because I know that you love me. And I'm like, right. Yeah. That's what, so you can fight. And it doesn't mean you should run away and that everything's, yeah. you know, it's, it's all good lessons. And but also how teaching her like what's the right reaction you know it she's taught me a lot and i think about her a lot when i'm in you know like just when it comes to being an adult in a in a relationship and also with her there there's more at stake so i'm far more thoughtful about what's my next move going to be right. am i going to just walk away no this is real and i have to think to myself first like why are you really mad why are you feeling this way you mm-hmm. know all that stuff yeah, and so it sounds like it's interesting because all relationships are helpful with mm-hmm. with love relationships, romantic relationships. Like I've always said, being in bands mm-hmm. has really helped me True. with love relationships. Right. Because it's a lot of compromise and mm-hmm. you're kind of stuck together. Yeah, and you have to work it out. You just have to work it out. Right. Because you have a show coming up. You have rehearsals. You're just going to be together. Right. Uh, so it sounds like your daughter kind of really kind of helped you uh-huh. evolve. Yeah, I really think so. Mm-hmm. And she's made me pickier about who I would spend time with. And, you know, she's yeah. been very good for me. Yeah. But yeah, all that, like, you know, you, you can't just... Uh, my, my instincts were, which was always walking away, I couldn't do anymore. What's your fiance's name? Joshua. Josh, Joshua? Mm-hmm. If you had met Joshua, say, six years ago, mm-hmm. do you think it would have worked out? No, because I would have taken the slightest thing and just gotten out. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe it would have. Maybe I would have. Maybe he would have pursued it and I would, it would have just taken forever. Uh-huh. Six you more know? years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't want to say absolutely not. Julie, we've been dating for six years. Yeah. I think we should move in. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? It's so soon. <laughs> Do we really know each other? Maybe it would have, absolutely. We only go on a date once a year. It's too soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been saying it's too soon for too, for too long. 
Yeah, I mean, who knows? I wonder that too. I'm like, what if we had met before her? Well, what would it would have been like? Would I have stuck around? Because I just don't. And I also have used her as a reason not to stick around, though, with people, too. Why? Because they're good boyfriends but terrible parents? No, I think sometimes I use her as an excuse to just not be with people or to not date, or I have in the past. So, mm, right. if, you know... It's a, it's a rational out. Right. So I was like, well, you know, I have so much going on here. And when you're, at least in my situation where it was just the two of us, we had such, we have such wonderful intimacy, like hugging and cuddling. And it makes you not feel lonely. Well, I didn't feel lonely. Right. I never felt lonely. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all I need men for, are, you know, just sex. And then I, and right. I can do that at my lunch break. And no, I I'm not really a crazy cat it. lady. I'm a crazy daughter lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. I'd collect a bunch of Reyes if I could. But yeah, I, I really think like, I just felt, I never felt lonely. I was like, I'm not lonely at all. I definitely wanted to have, I only felt like, oh, you should, you know, don't not have sex though. That's bad. Because right. you, I know women who get stuck in that too. And they will go for years. Without having sex. Yeah. And then it just, and then it's hard to get back to that world mm -hmm. again. And that's not healthy, you know. Yeah, a lot of that too is just like physical touch is so important. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, because when you have a kid, you're hugging a lot and you're cuddling a lot. And I felt like it's a different touch, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think it kind of, and I wonder if this happens in marriages where it sort of replaces that need mm. for physical, because you know, that's the know downfall they say. <laughs> oftentimes. So I right. wonder that a lot. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe couples shouldn't even get pets either. Well, they have teared. I've heard this, like dogs that sleep in your bed and stuff, tear the couples apart. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's weird on several levels because then you don't want to have sex in front of your dog. Oh, I have though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? Is it, what is that weird? You know, it it isn't unless they're staring, which my dog does not. But in the beginning, whenever she, whenever I would get close with someone or we would start kissing, she would jump up. Uh huh. And start licking too, oh. or she would think we're playing. Right, right. She'd understand. <laughs> and you're like, this is approaching a threesome bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> bestiality threesome. She was like, oh, they're playing. Let me jump in. So she learned, obviously. Yeah. You can't do that. But if you look over and a dog's just like staring at you, that's when it's a little, <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> I think that's really, really uh, quite beautiful, actually, that you learn to have romantic love through the pure love of raising your daughter yeah why can't you know i was always confused by it because i would think like why is this so easy for me why don't i get why am i doing i'm doing all the right things with her and i was like why can't i be like that in romantic situations because mm -hmm. romantically i was just so stressed out constantly <laughs> like, right well we we subconsciously repeat the patterns mm -hmm. of our parents true and that's a very good point that's exactly what it is it's that um what was i learning about there's like a thing where anyway yeah you when you you learn that love is at a young age if you learn that it's it's about feeling stressed out or or not c constant or not you know definite then you assume that those feelings are what love is to you later in life so you think you love someone but you're not really loving that person you're right. just yeah 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 uh, i was used to conflict i come from a mm -hmm. divorced family I always thought love had to be full of conflict. Yeah, which... 
And it really doesn't. There's enough conflict in life. Right. But then when you enter a relationship, if you, that's what you think love is, you mm-hmm. enter a relationship and there's no conflict. You're like, something's wrong. Right. It doesn't feel right. You're like, I must not. I, I've always, I was like, oh, I don't really, you know, I don't feel that, that stuff. So this is not someone I like. Yeah. And you're like, wait, where did that stuff come from? Right. And you assume that, well, that's what it means to love, right? Isn't that? <laughs> and then someone's like, no, it really is not. <laughs> so it must be tricky, though. So you're like, all right, Joshua's a good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. How do you know he's going to be a good parent? Yeah. It's and that's like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. How do you just see them together? Well, there's a lot of work. So in the beginning, you know, there's both. It was good, you know. And we've had issues where, you know, I've felt like... I had to talk to him about like, well, here's your role right now. Mm-hmm. We actually revisited it, revisited it um, <laughs> recently. And it's a very hard role for someone to come into a family. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, I think on one hand where it's a divorced family and you know, there is a father, that's a different situation because kids are, are extremely possessive mm-hmm. of their parents mm-hmm. and they don't welcome intrusion. Right. Mm-hmm. So, here there is not a father, but that doesn't make it any easier. So she's not... I think it does, actually. I, I only say this because mm-hmm. I have divorced family and step-parents on both sides. Okay. It's just one less thing he has to maneuver. I suppose so. So I don't know. I I, I, I don't know the opposite, though, either. Yeah. The mm-hmm. one thing I will say is that she's still hard on him, and she's still possessive of me and our time together. Mm. And it, I think what he and I thought was... Oh, she's so eager to have a father there that she'll just, you know, embrace the whole thing. Right. But no, you know, she's still, and what I've read, I've, you know, read on it a lot. And, you know, as coming into a family, you cannot just take this sort of authoritarian role. You have to find that trust and friendship and that can take time. Right. You know, um, you can't just roll in as disciplinary. You cannot. Yeah. And so there's some of that teaching going on and just like knowing that you have to be slow and patient with it. And she's going to say things that hurt your feelings. Like, you know, she just wants me. You know, I'm still... She's possessive with just... She just yeah. wants mommy, Sometimes she time. just wants me. And, yeah. you know, that makes so much sense, though. <laughs> That's got to make sense to it him. It makes sense. And I think he understands that. And he, the great thing is that he is very well intentioned and is listening and is just working at it. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be tough moments where his feelings get hurt and he's learning how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I talk to her and she's learning how to, you know, he doesn't have any kids. No. So this is his first experience. Yeah. yeah. And he's just going in deep. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you're just thrown in full on. At least you had, you know, some time where they right. didn't know what you were doing or anything. You can right. Kinda... And I could make my errors. I have a lot more room for error. Right. And I'll continue to have a lot more room for error because now she's got weird. You got her. Yeah. She trusts you. She totally <laughs> trusts me. So if I screw up, she's like next minute, like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. You screw up all the time. I do. You know, it's fine. Right. I guess he'll know that he's really like uh, made it when she just wants daddy daughter time yeah without mommy there right and i think you know that might have to be moments where there's more of those uh you know like you have to actually start finding a little thing that the two of them do together Mm -hmm. that would be a good right you know like 
find a thing an activity activity Mm -hmm. one thing we all love are video games so oh then you're set (laughs) yeah we watch he'll play and we're both watching and like there's some really fun fan i mean i think it actually is a good good bonding time i know people are anti-video game but well it's not any of those like war video games right no no there's some scary ones but it's not violent it's just really fun to watch it's like watching a movie Mm -hmm. yeah they're really good they're games. too realistic they're so realistic <laughs> but yeah we have fun doing that together but yeah they'll find a thing and i think that'll make it all even better but it's all good now so i don't have a lot to i don't have complaints mm-hmm. do you think if everything keeps going well maybe he'll adopt her uh, he's already said he wants to do that right. i'm a little not sure mm-hmm. and so part of this too is i'm possessive of her you know Right. And I'm possessive of who I was, too, which was I was so proud to be like the single mom. That seems like a decision that could wait because that's a decision that has to do with somebody else, too. I don't think it would anymore, honestly. What do you mean? She would make that decision? Oh, you mean with her? I thought you meant like her father. I don't think his. Oh, not. not, Yeah, yeah, no. But she would probably not quite understand what that means right now. So I wouldn't. I don't even, you know, I don't know. I don't see any reason to do it. There's so many legal things. Like, what happens if it, if he does, and then you two don't work out? Then he's well. That's right. And then now, do I have a a, a struggle to keep her? Right. Like that's, you know, that's where I'm uncomfortable. I don't. That's one thing I was happy I never have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. So, but we'll see if it makes sense. If it, if I really feel like we're there you know i don't know though mm-hmm. yeah i have yeah. a little i have some issues with that. these are sure. such adult things i know who knew <laughs> i'd have to ever think about them <laughs> do, you, do you as as a mother do you realize like all of our parents were just winging it well now i know right and you know sometimes i'm like oh my god they were much worse at this than me at least i have google to constantly check things on let me so true you know then they didn't have people to just be like oh uh what do you do when because they would be you know people parents are too embarrassed to ask friends they Mm -hmm. don't want to look like they're doing the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and nobody's talking i mean i assume but i i mean maybe it was more communicative than i think but well how would they get information before the internet i think you'd have to talk to people nobody wants to tell anyone your failings (laughs) right so you go on the internet, everybody's like blasting it out for everybody to hear. Did you get a lot of judgment from other parents being a single mom? No, actually, no. I think if anything, one, they don't address it. <laughs> they act like it's not, they're too, everyone is too embarrassed to mention it. They don't uh-huh. want to upset me. But are they talking behind your back? I'm sure they're all like, well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> right, right. You know, and, but never to me. And mm-hmm. then um, there's only like two single mothers I know at this stage in their life. You know, they're all still young. Right. And the one, she adopted her son and she's raising him on her own. And we've talked about it and it was refreshing to actually talk, but we were both in a similar situation. And then another single mom who, the dad's involved, but he lives in Mexico. So she, you know, she only sees him in the summer and for holidays. So she has a bit of that experience as well. Yeah. I, I mean, really, I just clung to the single moms I knew that mm-hmm. had closer situations to me, but none of the married parents ever say anything. 
They don't want to offend me. That's great. That's not what I was expecting. No, I yeah. Like, and I'm, you know, and I thought it'd be part. like mean girls, but mean mommies or something. I mean, if they are saying stuff, who knows? But I think if anything, they like that their kid knows a different kid. <laughs> right. That's in like a different situation. And, um, you know, they don't say a word. So here's a callback for you. Uh-huh. So you were here in New York studying law. And when you got pregnant and when you gave birth, you moved back home to Pennsylvania. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just left New York. I did. For? For almost, for 10 months in total. Oh, okay. Just for 10 months. Yeah, I thought it was a year, but actually it was 10 months. I moved back when she was 10 months. Why did you do that? Just, did you feel like you had to give up on everything you were pursuing? So what happened was I was in my third year of law school. I got pregnant. There was no way I was going to find a job with a belly. Mm -hmm. No one was finding jobs anyway. Like it was very difficult to find jobs. Right. She was due right at the time the bar dates were to take the test for the bar so i couldn't take the bar and mm. so i decided to wait until february um and then i was like realistically i'm not gonna have a job and i thought well i could move back to my mom's house for a little while so i can just be with the baby not worry about paying for rent right just relax until i take the bar and then start looking for a job and that's what i did that's what you did what was it relaxing being back home it was really isolating. Yeah. But I think I would have been isolated in New York and stressed about money. Right. So I don't I don't regret doing that, actually. It was nice that I got to be with her and not be just like, oh, my God, how do I make, you know, pay for this all my, you know, whatever. Right. And also have someone there that has some more experience. Yeah. And it was nice to have a, a second person there where, like, if I just wanted to take a shower, she could be there. Or, mm-hmm. you know, she was very, my mother was really helpful. And... And the other sweet thing is my mom and my daughter are so close. Mm, And I feel like that really set, even though she was so tiny, that really set a foundation for them. And she looks at my mom as like basically another, you know, mom in a way. Mm -hmm. Now they don't see each other like they used to, but they really have this very close relationship. And I think that helped lend to it. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Was it a hard decision to make to move back to New York? No, I was ready to get back to doing things. And my mom and, you know, she is flexible. She can come stay with us or, you know, leave. So her grandparents are very much involved and helpful. Mm -hmm. And... It was hard the first year being back and trying to figure out how to get back into everything. What was the thing you missed most? Law I'm, school? No. <laughs> no. I wanted to do, I just started doing comedy and then had to quit. So I was dying to get back to doing that. 
<laughs> so oh. surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? So I ended up doing law, but I didn't love it. And I was a family law attorney for a little while. But did you, and you, So you finished? Yeah, I did. Finished, I, did the, I just the took bar. the bar in February and passed. It was not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're practicing law for a while. Yeah, I still technically have a kind of legal job, but there's not... It's super flexible and soon will end and I probably won't be doing anything legal anymore. Why? You're not a... I should not need to and I don't want to, so... What do you mean you shouldn't need, you shouldn't need Financially, to? Financially, I soon won't need to mm-hmm. and then I don't want to. You didn't so. enjoy? Mm, no. I don't like being in an office. It's just not for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I and hate it. Family law, so you're dealing with divorces and... Yeah, so many emotions. That was yeah. not very fun, but it was... I mean, it was active and it was interesting. I mean, I wasn't bored, but I had to go to court. And that was very hard when my daughter was young because she was sick and I'd still have to go to court and I had to figure out how to, you know, juggle all that. Right. Isn't that kind of ironic that you're dealing with divorced parents? It was very enlightening. And the funny thing was, too, I, the person I worked for was a man. And so he represented a lot of men. Mm-hmm. in divorces and in child support cases. And it was nice for me to be on that side and to see what men were dealing with and mm-hmm. going through and their side of the stories and to what, be sensitive to that. What were a couple of things that stuck out that surprised you? A lot you? of women really, you know, they will really use men a lot, you know, just like they push the dads out of the family because they're mad at them and but will rake them for all their money and that's Mm. how they get back at them right but they're not being nice to their kids by you know just excluding a dad that was fine right you know or trying to replace dads with new boyfriends and you know but still get that money (laughs) yeah it must be hard you see like when love turns to war yes how it just gets all out nasty it is very ugly what people do to each other and there were a lot of bad dudes in that too i'm sure so it but it was it was nice to be you know to represent men who were very well intentioned and you know just to keep that sensitivity and um you know but yeah people get very very emotional and ugly and they forget where they should be focused and Mm -hmm. you know Poor kids. You think that helps your current relationship of just like seeing that energy and knowing? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think so very much. I don't, I hope to always keep that in mind so that like, you know, to remember, like to be just level headed as much as possible Mm -hmm. when there's other people involved. And it's just ugly. Like those fights could go on for years, by the way, just over little pieces of property. Right. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Is it yeah. about the property or no, is it No, just... they don't want to stop. You right. know, there's still emotions there. So th- they're paying lawyers though. Right. They're like, oh my goodness, you're wasting so much money. It's a chair. <laughs> this is like a very expensive public fight. Yes. <laughs> but it's worth it, I guess, until they get all that uck out. I don't know. That's how their therapy in a weird way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Very bad kind though. I don't know. I don't know. Does uh does raising a child get easy? You said the first two years is really hard. Does yeah. it get easier? Um. So I think it's always so. It was harder in the first two years just because it's all your it it's you're most consumed by it. I think in the first two years, right? Because yeah, they're so dependent on mm-hmm. you, and it's hard to find yourself again. It takes like two years to get back to feeling like you, you again. That's my experience. Right. Um. But it's beautiful, too, because they're so cute and they're just little babies. And it's one. So it all balances. It's a constant balancing. So, you know, she's eight now. The beauty of it is she's so independent and she's, you know, she's in roller derby and she can go on sleepovers and I can leave her, you know, 
she's fine. I can leave her unattended for short, you know, a half an hour or something. And I don't have to worry. She can right. call me, you know, the downside is, um, you know, I have to battle like technology now and <laughs> like right. getting her to do chores and like, so there's new sets of things that we have to work on and just, um, you know, well, we have school to worry about and we have to make sure to do these tasks. Like you didn't have to worry about that at certain ages. None mm -hmm. of that mattered. Yep. So there's always a balancing. Technology is a big, big new part of parenting. Yeah. Yeah. She likes to watch TV. She likes watching um, certain YouTube shows. That I hate. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have to like, like kind Madge of. Like Madge the Vag? No, I wish. <laughs> she actually likes it. Does she? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't watched many of them but <laughs> i'm sure the educational videos are a little over her head yeah maybe. but she thinks it's great uh -huh. she's in one of them she where she's in an opening part it's cute have you shown her a lot of your character videos yeah she watches some the ones that are appropriate enough for her to watch or that i know will go over her head i'm like yeah sure you can watch yeah. it and she loves that stuff what does she think does she think her mom's real wacky or i think you know, sometimes she'll be like, I don't think that was funny. Why did you show me this? Uh -huh. <laughs> or she's such a critic. Or she just thinks it's, she's like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do, you know, she'll, she gets inspired by yeah. certain things. And right. Who doesn't like to play dress up, right? Yeah, it's fun. All the wigs and the fun costumes. And mm -hmm. so I think it's inspiring in that way. Some of it is obviously not. You know, it's not geared. If she's like, I don't no. like it. You're like, well, it's not geared yeah, towards well, you. You won't get it. Is yeah, the problem. <laughs> you'll get it in six years or whatever. Yeah, she's recommended jokes to me. She's like, you know what you should do? You should fart into the microphone. Right. People are gonna love that. I'm like, no, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Nice suggestion. Yeah, she has her own idea of comedy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this match the badge character is really taking off. Is it affecting? Is it helping your stand up? Is it? Kind of. I think performance wise, like, because I have to be like, you know, perform for TV, you know, in a TV sort of, yeah, it's a web series, but I have to perform and on the spot and stuff like that. And like be bigger and, and have all this energy and stuff when I'm doing that character. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so I think performance wise, it's helpful mm -hmm. and just more improvisationally. And I do like to do more voices on stage now and just get into it in that way. So I do think it is helpful. I See, think everything lends. I love where you, I love how you answered that question because I was thinking more in terms of like fans Oh. And that was cool. That was super, <laughs> super cool and revealing that you're like, oh, yeah, it's helping artistically this way and that way. Yeah. You know, as far as fans go, and it's interesting, most people don't know who I am. They don't put my name on it. But people oh, have wow. found me. Mm -hmm. And... I, they're scattered though throughout, so I don't know. Can't they list your name underneath? They don't. Mads they don't like to do that. Why? I don't know. I think they don't want any. One, I don't want. To, I don't think they want to start having to do it for everybody. If they do it for one, because they have all these other videos. Where it would just be probably a hassle. So Wait, they do they own Madge the Badge the character? They do. Oh, so if you took her on tour, it would be. Uh, they would have to be included. Right. Yeah. So, but I I don't know if I could even like gather a crowd or something just because oh Madge the Badge is performing. I don't think so. I don't know. <sighs> you never know. Who's I guess that? you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All these YouTubers do it. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. They're really In a big way. I know. I would love to be. I mean, I wish they could be. I could make it more 
well, who knows? But I, I, again, then they might expect a certain type of comedian. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, from what I look, when I, the ones uh, the videos I looked at, mm-hmm. I didn't see you responding to any of the comments. Is that something that they tell you not to do? Well, I am not. Uh, yeah, they have so like I think the producer will only respond to comments that maybe someone says where are the um subtitles i can't find them so they'll respond to those but they is they don't really respond to anything Mm -hmm. so i don't in the sense that i don't know that it would be the right thing for me to do but i'll go through and like comments that i i like right uh, only in the beginning and then i stop looking can you just like reply to every comment like i I saw someone (laughs) post my picture and like no she's a character this is her right here and they posted my picture and i was like oh (laughs) did you get a lot more facebook (laughs) (laughs) i will get friend requests and Instagram followers Mm -hmm. and so you can find out if you want to know and I think people like to know that stuff they Mm -hmm. like to know who the person is behind the character and stuff yeah well it's also very educational yeah it's like real education it is it should be in uh, high schools Mm -hmm. you know is that where we're we're at as a society we have to be entertained for everything absolutely (laughs) (laughs) we just can't like I think so I mean, they even have TVs and taxi cabs. You have to be constantly entertained. Yeah. Right? I don't know any... It's a, like our minds don't settle anymore. Mm. Want to learn about your body? We'll do a song and dance while we teach you about your yeah, body. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not just going to tell you. We'll right. sing it. <laughs> we know you don't have the attention span, so... <laughs> we'll dress up for you. Here's a drawing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some graphic. <laughs> How often do the uh, Madge of Edge videos come out? Uh, generally every two weeks, but sometimes there's variation with that. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to do another character on your own? Yeah. You have freedom to... Yeah, I don't have... The only thing is I don't own that character, so I couldn't go out making money and or accepting, I think, you know, money from... Uh, I've had offers from people, like a couch place. They're like, we would love for you to, you know, be a, in our commercial. And I was like, well, I can't just do it as my, you know, I can't accept that invitation. Mm. Anyway, nothing happened anyhow. But yeah, certain people want me to do the Madge thing, but I wouldn't be able to just agree to that on my own. It would have to be. Yeah. Right. So that's not fun. Yeah. You, you might have to <laughs> wait several years like the Sprint Verizon guy. Yes. You know, just come Before back. Before I can just be Madge on my own. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long this will last, so maybe they'll let it go at a certain point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you have contracts with them, I imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So T- time dated. Yep. So we have a year here. We'll see. Nice. Yeah. And you have a bunch of shows coming up, stand-up shows. Yeah. What do I have come? I have some things happening. Yes, I have stand-up. Still doing the stand-up. Mm-hmm. You have an, an album that just came out. Yeah, Tiny Roommate. Mm-hmm. I decided to do it because I'm kind of in a new phase of life. So I was like, I should do the stuff that I did as a single mother. Right. You know, about my kid and like the, some of the very old jokes. And so that was what kind of pushed me to do it, to kind of memorialize it in a way. Right. So so your comedy album is just that whole part of your life. Yeah. It's a record of that part of your yeah, life. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on to a new phase. And I thought that would be kind of a fun way, not, you know, to do albums in my head anyway and not expect much of a return in any which way. But as an mm-hmm. artist, yeah. <laughs> how would yes. I like to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're making a record. It's a record of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see if I can go with a new, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. 
so cool. I'm, I feel very inspired. And I hope anyone that hears this is maybe thinking of having a kid or has a yeah, kid or a yeah, couple. Yeah. Kids are great, man. I mean, you've done so much. L- lawyer, stand-up, yeah. album. You did a one-woman show all while raising a child. Was oh, it? yeah. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll put the link to your website. Thank you. In the show notes. Yes. And uh, people should definitely come see you perform. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing it.